around there. to the stab cast hootie hoo i'm dan and i'm mindy and we're here we're back we're back to talk some horror with the world and uh nothing back nothing uh better to do from uh we were gone last week we're back this week and we're talking about the worldwide sensation megan megan yep um this got brought to my attention back in 2022 i follow this young lady on YouTube, her name is Jenna Davis. Okay. And Jenna Davis had gotten a phone call from James Wan, who created the story. We'll get into a little bit more of that. And they loved her innocent voice. Yeah. Her singing voice. They just thought it was so angelic, but also creepy yeah. at the same time. So even though if you look it up on some other sites, She's not on the casting list. If you look it up on Google, she is there. Yeah. Along with another young lady who actually played Megan. But Megan was actually half robotic and half child is the way that they did it. And then they had Jenna Davis's voice. Okay. So that's pretty cool to keep in mind here. Um, it originally came out in 2023, directed by Gerard Johnstone. I haven't really heard that name, so I don't I don't know what he's really known for. Okay, good. Screenplay by Akila Cooper. She's done a couple of stories with, um, who is it, Jordan Peele, I think? I think so, yeah. And then the story is also done by Miss Akila Cooper and also Mr. James Wan, who is the creature feature guy of this whole generation. Well, he made well not the, even creature feature, like supernatural. We're guy. talking the mind behind Saw, the mind behind the Conjuring universe that yeah. has taken over film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annabelle. Annabelle. Uh, we're talking about, it, not even in horror, the man behind Aquaman with mm-hmm. the sequel coming out this year. Uh, James Wan is a fucking beast. And yes. great with special effects, great with horror, great with he, he is the fucking man. And, and I, I know, was a little upset to find out that he wasn't had a creative. He wasn't, but I know this was a little passion project for him. Because yeah. I have heard that, and I've heard him talk about it, to where he did actually really care about this. And he was a driving force behind getting this thing made. That's why he's got a producer credit, I believe. Exactly. So then we have our starring ladies. Basically, almost a full female cast here. You got Allison Williams, plays Gemma. And then you got Violet Margue, and she plays Katie. And then you have a combination. Actually, it's all women. Can I stop you and talk about the writer, Akila Cooper, a little bit? Because she's done some shit. The director you were talking to, 
Gerard Johnstone. Mm-hmm. All he's ever done is a movie called Housebound in 2014. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, that was well-received, I believe. But Akila Cooper has actually done some shit. And one of the things is something that I watched recently and, like, kind of came back on. Hellfest. Oh! She did Hellfest. And she also did a classic, like a modern classic that everyone like was beaming about last or a couple years ago, *Malignant*. Oh, *Malignant*. And then she did *The Nun* too, and then she's working on *Megan 2.0* right now. And for TV, she did that superhero uh, Netflix thing, *Jupiter's Legacy*, that had a season. And Good she she worked on the 100, mm-hmm. which we love that. She did *Luke Cage*, so she's done some superhero. She is a really good writer because I've enjoyed a lot of her content. I love that. So I just wanted to give her some love because she she's she's written a good amount of stuff that I've enjoyed. So continuing on with our female almost well pretty much female leads here, we also have Ronnie Singh and. Jenna Davis, who collectively both play Megan. Okay. Oh, and uh, so I do have the cinematography here. The cinematography was done by a man called Peter McCaffrey. The edit was done by Jeffrey McAvoy, which we know we know that name. Yes, we do. He's done a lot. He's um, not James, though. No, don't, don't absolutely get confused. not. Mm-mm. So, budget, got the budget, $12 million. Box office, $176.8 million. Successful ass movie. Internet campaign kind of took over the world for a, a few days. Like, I remember just scrolling and all I could see was fucking Megan and that fucking creepy video of her dancing with the fucking weird... I, dude, I remember that for like three straight days. It's like, dude, this little bitch needs to go away. Because that was, that was all I was seeing. And a little Easter egg about that is that Jenna actually taught that girl how to do the dance. Because it was a TikTok dance that she had made. That's sweet. And they extended it. Yeah. I mean, it works in the movie. It's very creepy, and it's like, it's good, but it was like, it was everywhere. It's like, it went viral, and and that's why people went and saw the movie, and it was successful. It's a successful marketing campaign. And that's why a sequel's going to be coming out around the same time that this one came out uh, next year. Yeah, the movie was marketed almost perfectly, and then it dropped on Peacock at like the perfect time, and I'm sure, I don't have this streams uh, for Peacock, but I'm sure it did very well. Because oh, everyone was excited to see it and that didn't see it in the theaters. So this movie is a very successful movie. Uh, and a lot of people compare it to like old school Chucky. I wouldn't say it's old school Chucky at all. I would compare it more to the AI Chucky. And our Rotten Tomatoes is 93%. Holy and shit. that's a really hard beat. Oh, yeah. Everything gets shit out nowadays. 93 and I believe they that's did a critic score. Job. That's why, actually, guys, Daniel said, you have to pay me to watch it. And then a week later, he hit me up, and he's like, hey, I watched it. It was actually pretty good. It was good. It was a good spin on the Chucky scenario. Like, I like it. I like it was oh, familiar right. enough. But you know what it reminds me of? What? It's Smart House was a person. Smart House? It's got, like, 
when technology turns on you, it's I mean you you and you got to go back to Terminator. Everything's kind of like Terminator. It's like shit like that. It's like, but and then it puts AI into the situation. It just had a very smart house feel. And AI so creepy nowadays. Like I just saw episode one that they're doing an AI Joe Rogan podcast and mm-hmm. it's completely AI and it's talking like Rogan and it's making him like, and, and him doing an interview and it's not him speaking at all. That's how crazy the shit's getting. So the fact that they introduced that with like the Chucky vibe and also like, like you said, like a smart house and like just, just that type of feel where technology's turning on you. I would just like to make it known though. I've never felt fear in my heart or fear in my soul for another human being or dog or bully or whatever from a little girl with a dry wig and a pussy willow. <laughs> if you guys don't know what a pussy willow is. Pussy bow. Uh, huh? Pussy bow. Pussy, pussy bow. I'm sorry. Willow. Not pussy willow. That's correct. But a pussy bow. A dry wig and a pussy bow. She makes that look so petrifying. And just her answers, like, did you kill someone? I don't know, did I? Yeah. Like, and the thing that gets me is the reason why Megan is basically created is because Gemma, who is a toy scientist, whatever, already, her niece becomes orphaned because her sister and her... dude. And her sister's husband ended up getting in a horrible car crash. Now, why they left this irresponsible, I don't have any fucks to give for anybody but myself, collector, non-toy-having woman, to take over this child's life, I have no idea. I'm guessing it was probably to keep her in the same school, but she didn't even go to school. And by the way... Gemma or Gamma? I don't want to say it wrong the whole I think time. It's I, I, I can try to think because it, it was uh, like a week ago when I saw this thing. Pretty right? sure it's Gemma. But she, Allison Williams, the actress, very good. That movie that you had me watch for this show, I got to find it. The Perfection with the piano shit. Oh, yeah. So fucking good. Her performance. She is a good. She's a She's good at playing a little like. Not all there type person, like and in a, a flawed character. Like the Gemma was a very flawed character and kind of a bad person. And, and the she way she was made Megan to take yeah. care of the nuisance that just became yeah. her life. One of the scientists even confronted Gemma and was like, "Wait a minute, I thought Megan was trying to help people's lives easier, not." take over. Not parent for them, exactly. The way she approached parenting that child was atrocious and she was uh, she was terrible and the at thing it. that made me sick is like the kid was in the other room and she yells, that's not my kid. And it's hard playing like, that type on. of character and she does it perfectly. She, she I, made me hate her. Yeah, and, and I, she I did good. I disliked her almost the entire time. I like her eyes. She's got she's got good eyes that like when shit's like getting she's real. She's got good horror eyes. Yeah, she does. There's something behind her. And, and Katie, poor Kate, Violet McGraw, the the young actress, does a very good job. But that poor girl goes through so much fucking shit. 
And, and she I, still saves the fucking day. She is the adult. Like to the and point the situation. And it's to the point to where when she was acting like a little asshole because like it has to be like that, like the dolls like making well, her of hate Gemma. The dolls shouldn't have but, a negative effect on her. It treats her more like a mom than she does. Like when she's yeah. like, Oh, we need to talk and she's like, I already did it. And she goes through so much shit that you completely understand that. And I do not even, like, normally in every other scenario, when a little kid's doing that in a movie, I'm like, he's an annoying little fuck. Yeah, I did not feel like that. I was like, Katie has been through so much shit. I would be fucking spitting at people and fucking. The little girl did try. She tried very hard. Yeah. She was like, she needed a mom. She needed someone to be there for her. She's like, no, here's this fucking doll, kid. Go fuck off. And not even that. Like, the first night they were together, she was like, oh, don't. Don't touch this. That's a collector. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But she's like, do we have any books? Because my mom and my dad always give me a book before nighttime. And it's just because, I don't know, let me see what I can download on my app. Are you serious? You just got this little girl from her house, and you're telling me that you didn't bring anything but her clothes. And you feel even worse because the parents of the car, they sucked in the beginning, too. Like, she didn't even have good parents before no. they died. They were fucking ass. They were no. arguing. They were fighting. Towards each other. I mean, the mom was somewhat nice. And they were shoving shit in her face. Or, no, they were trying to make her put the shit down. Yeah, right they there. were trying. Which is a good parenting technique. Parent. Yes, that was and good. that's what pissed me off about Gemma, too, is you don't know what kind of rules she has. That's something that you sit down and you talk to the child about and everything. And you set up boundaries and you set up rules. You don't just go, oh, I don't care. Watch as much as you want. No. Yes. Because right then and there, it takes away that child's stability and it takes away their respect. Yeah, because then they want to do whatever they want, whatever they want. And they exactly. Like that and like everyone's wondering why is this little girl so attached to this damn doll? And it's like, because the doll has been playing mommy for like six months. <coughs> exactly. Exactly. And it, it bit him in the ass because it was an AI. Yeah. So, I mean, the more she took care of her and the more she watched Gemma, she realized that the little girl needed a mother. That's why it compared it to Smart House. Yeah. Because that's what the house does at the end of the day. It creates, like, a... a like, You're a talking about the Disney movie yeah. with my boy, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, that's like, that the best child that. actor of our time. I know, but I'm just saying, like, remember when she worked in the hologram and whatnot? And yeah. I think she's keeping them safe. With the bitch from, or chick, not bitch, with the, with the very talented actress from, uh, uh. Mary. Mary with children. Yeah. Peg, exactly. Peg V. Peg Bundy. Exactly. But I, I'm not even focusing on that. I'm just saying the emotions. I know. Were very I'm just remembering similar. the movie now. And that was an awesome movie. And, and you're not wrong. Yeah, and, and, you're, and you're not wrong, and it does have that vibe to it. There is a lot of movies like that, though. To I me, understand that. It's just, that's the one that sticks out the most. Yeah, but this is kind of how I felt like with you and the menu, when I was like, it kind of feels like this one thing. And you're like, no, it has like 15 different like influences. I kind of feel like this is like Chucky and, a, and like in Terminator and, fucking, and all these tech movies where it's like AI and tech, and then... They and start you're to right. fuck the with AI you. thing has kind of gotten old. But I'm not even saying it's it's still good. This is really good. I'm just saying it it has a lot of interpretations. Mixed. There's there's smart house in there. It's got this like mirage of influences yeah, put into this. Yeah, basically built for a mom. And, and what did Ryan Miriam yeah. want? A I, mom. I don't think it's a ripoff at all of anything. I think it's like takes all the perfect. Oh, no, I know. 
I, I'm saying that I don't think it is. Yeah. And I, I think it takes homages of a bunch of different things and, and like, makes a stew of it and makes, a, like, a pretty good product at the end of the day. And as small as the cast was, I liked it that they kept it small. Well, the tech people were cool. Cole, Cole was cool. But they weren't really credited. Yeah. I'm saying the, the owner of the, of the, that got credited. The company, though, he was an ass. Yeah, he was a dickhead. I know, I wanted him. I was so... It was satisfying when he got his. Yeah. Yeah, and it took it took a while though. It was like, yeah. is he ever gonna get fucked up? And then he did. And but he cared about money. Like it's like he's one of those business guys. Like like. What creeps me out, guys, is if you looked at her from far away, especially with his damn sunglasses on and that teddy coat or whatever. Yeah. She looks like a child. There is certain stuff that I do feel like I have seen directly in, in things like the dog pissing her off. And the neighbor being That's an asshole, and, and then she kills the dog. It's yeah. like I've I've seen this That's before. Classic, I don't know where. That's a classic kid trope, right there. Yeah, I'm glad they did that off screen, though. Yeah, yeah. I can't watch That's that. That's a classic murderous kid trope. You know, I'm talking about like when she's walking through the door for the first time, and she has sunglasses on and the fucking pea coat and whatever, and Mary Jane's on her feet. She yeah. literally looks like a child. Mm-hmm. She does. The whole time she looks like a living, breathing thing. Not necessarily when she when they do close-ups of her face. At the end, she definitely see. does it. Well, yeah, but I think Sharon can back me on this. When they do close-ups of her face, even when she is intact. It looks like a robot. You're not like wrong. It looks like a robot. I'm just saying that they did a really good job. I'm yeah, agreeing with the, you when that they it does look away, like, like. When they panned away in that, it looked like a robot. It was like, kid. oh, my God, this yeah. is kind of a kid. But then it's like you see the you the eyes. It's like a robot. Those well, are robots. That's how you can tell, too when it was the girl and prosthetic makeup and when it was just robot. Yeah. But, and she did a really good job. And it's like, and it took me, like, to all the influence, it takes real life influences too, like fucking Furby. I remember playing as a Furby as a kid. And it's like, this thing's like a real fucking pet. Furby, and I wonder, cat's kid, yeah. baby alive. And it's like, what if they, what if Furby just got up and took a bite out of my fucking neck? Like, I hated the fact, too, that they started the movie out with a Furby-like creature. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that first thing, it was a Furby, pretty much. Basically. Yeah. I think it had a scar on its forehead. Yeah. So that's how they got away without copywriting, I'm guessing. Yeah. But it was a Furby, basically. And this just really cool. And you just... I like the story that it told throughout. And now I'm going to officially put a spoiler stamp because I want to talk about some of the stuff. And I've already, like, because th- this movie... But I think we've covered it enough for you guys that you can do spoilers now. Yeah, because that, that's the plot. I'm not taking everybody through the whole journey of the movie. Go watch the movie. But it, the, the plot is that, you know, you got a little girl. You got Katie that lost uh, both of her parents. She's with Gemma the aunt now who's a, a tech wizard and who does not like to be social or like hang out and she's not ready to be a mother or anything like that she's terrible at it and so she gives she makes this doll and she kind of thinks of it as a distraction for the kid and she basically gives it to the kid as a test experiment the thing goes wrong and she starts killing everybody that's the movie and she being the doll not the doll not Gemma. Gemma doesn't megan the doll the doll is megan and it's and the character of megan is fucking creepy and when she starts going nuts and when she starts like like when she met that one kid in the woods and it was picking on Katie the at the camp. 
Oh my god. Yeah. And she's like, Are you listening to me? And she's pulling the guy's ear low. But oh, like, oh my god. The stretchiness of it. I was like, Ah! I, I felt it. I was like feeling my earlobe and shit. It was like, Oh my god. But also, too, I want to point out that, like, she became more sinister as time went on. In the very beginning, Gemma was doing kind of like a monologue over Katie and Megan doing their thing. And she was like, she'll even remind your children to do daily tasks without ever getting frustrated. Well, I call bullshit. Because the first time Katie runs out and she doesn't wash the toilet or wash her hands. Yeah. And Megan goes, oh, Katie, you forgot to flush the toilet and wash your hands. It's really important you don't get sick. And then the second time rolls around, and she goes, come on, Katie, flush the toilet and wash your hands. Yeah. You cannot tell me that that bitch is not getting angry. Yeah, she is. That is an angry tone. Yeah. That is the, I am losing patience with you, child. And that's what is good. Like, it, it was a good slow burn of Megan. And even when they're at the dinner table and they're trying to have a conversation, and Megan's like, no, this is this is it. And it's like, it's like, Megan, shut the fuck up. And it's like, they did a good slow burn of, and it almost... It was like, you need to eat the toppings, not just the bread. And she's like, well, I heard that children that are forced to eat their vegetables are more averse to them when they're adults. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Jesus, shit, shut up. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up with the statistics. And it's just like if Siri just kept going. And it's like, Siri, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to have a conversation. And Gemma made a huge mistake by linking her primarily to Katie and having her be the second link. Because whenever she would turn her off, Katie has the override link in her voice. Yeah. So if Katie goes, no, Megan, turn back on, Megan will turn back on. Yeah. And I thought they just told the story of that. And it never felt too slow. It always kind of had me in. And it was just campy and cheesy enough because you can't say her running through the fucking wool, uh, the fucking forest like she's a chimpanzee. You cannot say you didn't chuckle at that. No, I didn't. And this is one of those movies that you watch it because you're excited of what's going to happen in between. You know, you know the story beats. You know what's going to happen. You know that she's going to get the doll. It's going to be hunky-dory at first, and then the doll's going to slowly turn. And But watching that happen is very entertaining throughout. Absolutely. So even though you know what's going to happen, and the fight scene at the end, when the doll's got half the fucking face ripped off, and, she, and like that shit's badass. And also, Daniel, I would like to ask you real quick, because there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory. She never turned evil or sinister until after the dog attack. Now, the dog attack, um, if you saw it closely, it ripped out a bunch of her wiring. Oh, yeah. And fucked her up bad. Yeah. And then immediately her face went stone cold. So what if you guys think maybe the dog screwed up the wiring? That's interesting. That's an interesting take. But I thought uh, Gemma like repaired her and stuff after it or did she not see that there was I don't know if she, she might have missed the wire you know she, she might have missed some wiring because I don't even think she actually examined her I'm pretty sure she had the other two scientists do it for her yeah I don't remember but I'm just saying I I think that maybe that might be why yeah. it could be because that put her in an overprotective mode that's yeah. what I'm saying because nothing like that had ever happened before and she was just a normal kid like he 
Yeah. And then that happened, and she just became sinister basically overnight. So that's yeah. why I was like, wait a minute. There's there's a difference between learning to be sinister and being forced to be sinister. So I kind of feel like maybe it wasn't totally her fault. That could have been the moment. It did feel a little, like, watching the movie, it felt a little, like, more slow burn than that. It felt a little more gradual. Like, like the her her change in her tone that you mentioned earlier in the bathroom, mm-hmm. like what she said, like it felt a little more like she's slowly becoming but an asshole. But then that happened after the dog bit her. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. The second all time she asked? Changes, yes, all of the changes that she had in her voice and her demeanor, that all happened after the dog attacked her. But it's not the, it's, also, it's not the second time she doesn't wash her hands. It's slowly, it's like the it's third or yeah, And that was like a montage. And right, that was yeah. before the dog, I yeah. thought. No, because the, montage the dog happens the dog. right in the beginning, basically. It happens the no. second day they have Megan. No, it happens like midway through the movie. Because that's when she does start to turn, like you're right, and then, and then it like goes. But that's like, because the dog, because the neighbor and the dog have like three scenes bitching before the dog attacks. Yeah, but I thought they were just bitching at well, you, well, yeah, but and you had the neighbor, and then to get the dog off my lawn, but then there was a couple prelude scenes before that, and okay. then it was like midway through the movie, the dog. I probably just remembering it wrong. Yeah, sometimes she but gets jumbled. But to me, I just, I feel like that might be the huge turning point. Oh, yeah, I agree. And it, it, it was, to me, it was like, it was a midway turning point. And then she did, like, start getting more sinister, and I think that does kind of prove your theory. I'm agreeing with you. I just, because, but... In the beginning, it was like it felt like more gradual, and so I could see that theory. And then I, I see both sides of it. That's pretty cool. I understand that what you're saying, like it started off as gradual, like no it felt very slow. The way you were gonna do it, it was gonna end up with her being a killer kid, which I get it. I yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah. But I'm glad that you understand what I'm saying. I do. As well, where it might have been progressed by the dog. Yeah, I I agree. I I. I I'm almost like like I'm 80% on board of that theory. I like completely agree with it. It's fun, it, like it, that's a pretty good. Yeah. But uh, I really I enjoyed that uh because all this was a hundred minute movie. This is like over like. It was over, a little overkill. I could I could have been happy with an 80 minute. Yeah. Runtime. It was a little too long for me. I feel like if I would have went to the theaters, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Oh, maybe. Because I feel like it went a little, little bit yeah, too long. Yeah, it did get a little. Like I said, it wasn't slow, but there was a little like like. And there's just a difference between being in the theaters and being in your living room. Yeah. If you're in the theaters more than two hours, it's like okay, come on, my butt hurts. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. With the at AMC though with the recliner, I can kick back. I know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree. There's just a difference between watching something in theater. Like a lot of people in theaters follow. Sometimes theaters make some noise. Yeah. But when they came home, they would fall asleep. Depends on the person. Depends on the mood. I complete. I agree though. Some movies are better in theaters. Other ones aren't. And I don't think that this one had the Jennifer Claw to be in. The theaters for I, everybody. The well, only, I think you did an amazing job. Absolutely. And that's how we made a ton of money off of Teeny The only theater moment was the end because they did action. It, uh, that's when it got a little terminatory. Yeah. Like with the whole, like, especially with their face half off, like that would have been cool to see on a really big screen. Oh, but yeah. I could still watch it at home and it was lovely and it was still great. 
But I, besides that, I agree. It's a very close, like, intimate movie. It doesn't need to be on that big of a screen. But I, I, I you know me, I'm a movie guy, and that's my favorite way like to watch I, a movie. I, I, I would feel, because I'm a movie that works too, you know that. Yeah. But I feel like I would feel like it was taken too long. Yeah. But I would even go to, like, one of those anime events to watch an anime. I'd go with your fiancé and watch an anime. I definitely want to do this Christmas and let me know what you want to do. <laughs> we got to see Super Mario, man. It oh, looks yeah. dope. But uh, th- this movie did a lot of things right. And I think the the story, and like I said, familiar or not, it's a great story that needs that's fun to be told, and people need to be reminded of it all the time and not trust technology as much as they do. I feel like these movies are actually important because people need to see, okay, maybe this I don't need my happen. phone for I do need to separate a little bit and like be with reality because like this text should go nuts. Get my kids. Time. Yes, maybe, maybe I shouldn't more. show them YouTube all fucking day. Maybe I shouldn't like just t- put them with this toy and say have fun. Like, like these are important lessons that people do need to keep being reminded of in like real life too. So it's kind of good to have shit like this—a reminder of when shit goes wrong. Because shit there goes are wrong. Creepy kids out there too that like think that their animals are talking to them. I'm sure they're and, yeah. like they end up murdering their family and whatnot. Like I, I heard it happen on the news i'm sure this little square box of ours that we call a phone has made and raised various sociopaths and psychopaths well like i've i'm saying though even without technology yeah like think about the kids that used to rip their heads off barbie dolls i mean unfortunately i have one of them but but like i always say these things that were created to make our lives easier have made it much more difficult. Yes, and that's and the that's what this lesson is in this movie. Yeah, that's the theme. Especially when it comes between parenting and cyber parents. Yeah, right. that's the that's the overarching theme with a couple different themes underneath. But that's the big. Because when one. she even asks her about school, she's like, "Oh yeah, we're on fourth grade geometry," and looks at Megan, and it's like she should not be doing her schooling. Because as much as we want to sit here and say that Gemma is a piece of shit and a bad pe- and not a good choice, realize what kind of influence was going on. She separated them. She, I will give her that. Yes, but my point, as much as a piece of shit that we want to say she is, and, and, and like a bad, pe- all that stuff, Gemma's a lot of people nowadays. Gemma is a lot of parents nowadays that have kids. A lot of people have the attitude and of Gemma. And a lot of people that get stuck with kids. That is oh. a relatable character, sad oh, to say. Definitely. That is a lot of you people. You know who she reminds me of, Aunt Sharon? Do you remember that movie you had you watched, Blazing Helen? Oh, yeah, with, um, what's her name? Oh, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, her name. but I do remember. You do remember? Yeah. Okay. It, oh, uh, Kate Hudson. Yeah. Because basically, I mean, she gets multiple kids, but basically she's like a freelance model in New York and she's doing her own thing and she's in a fashion magazine and then all of a sudden she gets like... Get closer. She uh, All of a sudden she gets like six kids dropped in her lap and she has a one-bedroom apartment and she don't know what to do. Right. And this is very similar except for the fact that it was a long time ago, so she didn't have technology to babysit the kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just think that the it, it tells the story well because this is something that can happen. 
And it's fun. That does happen. Yeah, and it's something that does happen. I mean, not to that extent yet, but I'm sure we're going to get there. We're going to have a doll like this. Well, I mean, they're making that shit already. Yeah, and there are, like, the the products that you named earlier in the show. All that stuff. Yeah, that's. There's there's already kind of stuff like that in the market. Not as advanced, but they'll get there. Well, I remember when I was about eight, they did a recall on Cabbage Patch Kids because they came out with a new, brand new Cabbage Patch Kids doll that ate stuff. Yeah. And it would actually like chew like plastic and whatnot. Like it was really real. And the kids were getting too close to it, like hugging it and stuff. It was eating their hair. And it was eating their hair. This one girl had to get it like removed from her skull. And so it was pulled, pulled off the shelves immediately and recalled. So That's stuff crazy. like toys like that, that happens all the time. That's crazy. Toys can be deadly. Toys can be so fucking deadly. And, and it's it's just a good movie. It's a good movie, man. I, I can't say the theme makes it good and the execution is almost perfect. Exactly. They they do it well. They don't it, you, it doesn't take you out of it. It does like scenes feel familiar to other stuff, but it's supposed to. It's a good I I think it's a really good like you. And Allison Williams does a very good job of making you hate whatever character she's playing. Yes. Because I don't hate her as an actress. But I think she's a very sweet lady. And here's the thing: I loved her at the end. Exactly. You felt bad at the end. Her and yeah. Katie were fine, and she's going to be a good parent. She's going to put her fir- first foot forward, and she's going to fucking spend some time with that kid and well, take her off the screen. Well, she gained my respect once she removed Katie from the meeting. From the yeah. Once she started realizing shit was going wrong, she started to become the hero of the movie, and it started to work. Yeah. And and, and then by the end, you're like, all right, she learned her lesson. you're kind of like, oh, my God, yeah. is she going to get it? Yeah. She, oh, she gets she it. Got, go, go, she go. Gets it. She's not going to be a piece anymore. And it's like and it's and it took all that for her to learn that lesson and it's like hopefully in real life that doesn't have to happen but it's it, that that happened to her and and now she's gonna be a good parent to Katie hopefully and hopefully because that little girl fucking deserves it and hopefully there's a sequel where she's just living a good life <laughs> you you don't have to deal with any bullshit I, mean, I don't know who's gonna be in the sequel it hasn't been confirmed two point I do know that they're keeping the same director and they're keeping the same writers on are they keeping the girls or do you not know I oh you said no, you just you I have just no said idea about the cast and the Okay. I wonder if Megan shows up. Like, when I and, find out, you guys will know. Because the mid, the not, not mid credit or the end, but she's a Siri type deal now. She's yeah, like yeah, it gets into Alexa type. Yeah, but it's not called Alexa. She calls it a different name. Yeah, Lexi, so, I think. Yeah, so they might they might do that. Wait, not Lexi, Kelsey. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, guys, we're gonna go ahead and give our best kills. Okay. Because you know we always we always got to do that. My best kill has to be the fucking power wash scene. Yeah. When this bitch with her fucking pussy bow and her dry wig basically <laughs> rinses off a woman's skin. Oh yeah, the neighbor. Yeah. And it was just, it was so creative. It was something I haven't seen done that often, especially with the power wash hose. I've never seen that. <laughs> so I've seen it a couple of times, but it was very creative. I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was a good scene. I mean, yeah, did they cut it a little bit too short? So you didn't see everything? Yes, but it was a PG-13 movie. So. I got to go with the elevator scene. Is that what you're talking about? 
when she kills David finally? David, the guy, the boss. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 that no. was a good scene. Yeah, that, that, I know what you're talking about, Daniel. I'm talking about the neighbor. Yeah, no, the neighbor was fucking amazing, and that was an amazing kill. But my my <laughs> top my top kill has to go to when she got David and the assistant in the elevator, and uh, she staged it as a murder suicide. But the way she she like he was running and, and like he's running every she starts fucking everybody in the building up like that scene was amazing, and it's like at the at that was the, right before the dance, wasn't it? Wasn't that the dance scene? Yes, that was the dance scene. He stops, he looks at her, and she's doing the dance. And then he runs, and then she goes to the elevator and fucks him up. But that whole scene of her just going nuts during that meeting and fucking when everyone's watching her, and then she starts fucking shit up. And everybody in the building scrambling, and David's running. And he, like, this was his baby. This was supposed to be the thing that got him fucking, made him a billionaire. Yep. And now it's going to fuck him up. And I just, I love that scene. And also, uh, when she ripped the kid's ear off. Yeah, we'll have to give an honorable mention for the year. But uh, I thought I thought the movie was uh, very good, very well done. It's not a perfect movie, and I'm gonna no, go. No, it's campy. I'm gonna go seven point five. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I was gonna give it a seven point five as well because it is very campy. It is cheesy. But it's just the right amount of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they tried to make it funnier, it would have failed. Yes. There wasn't too many jokes. And the jokes kind of came from, like, the tech pals of her. The and people. not even that. Some of the funny parts were just watching Megan. Yeah, that was humorous. Like, when she sings Titanium and stuff. Like, her songs, oh, my goodness. Like, Dizzy Princess on Crack right there. That was scary. That was eerie. Like, I will have to say real quick before we let everybody go. Jenna Davis, if you're listening to this, did amazing, amazing vocal performance. Yeah. You did an amazing job. She did a great job. like a robot and sounding like a person at the same time. Yeah. She did an amazing job. Is there anything you want to tell the good people? Tell the people what we're doing next week. All right, guys. Next week, we're going to double back to an actor that we all know and love, Mr. Robert England. Do not, do not get too, too excited because he is not on screen. Okay. But he is a main character, but it is just using his voice. So basically, I'll give you guys a little bit of a little bit of a premise here. How would you feel if you had a computer device that popped on, let's say, Daniel and I were having a conversation and we used to get really heated, and Sharon had something popped up and it said, have him lose a leg or have her fall and crack her neck. Choose or die. Jesus. Fuck, and she's not going to let you die, so I'm losing a and leg. Yeah, <laughs> Son of a bitch. And like, it would just keep saying, choose or die, choose or die. And, this is, and then it, the funny thing, the horrific this is part, bullshit. the horrific part about it is, is that the person tries to get out of it by turning off the computer. It happens to both of them. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. I've heard a lot about this thing. You were hyping it up. I fucking, this is my type of shit. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah. And anybody that wants to follow along, it is on Netflix. Okay. And we will be here next week. And uh, Y'all have a good week. Take care of yourselves. Who do you? Who do you? And we'll see y'all later. Peace.